funny. Anyway, and welcome to the Tales of the Homebox Podcast. This is episode 374. Spotlight on Dark Horse Comics. This is Long one, so give me a second here. And Pat Benatar. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Dark Horse Comics, The Umbrella Academy, Apocalypse Number 1, circa 2007. And oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, miniseries name. Uh, uh, Dallas it's not on the cover. No, it's not on the cover of uh, this particular It's on the one. interior. Yeah, it's not, Bastards. It's in there. Um, and they might have post named it after it came out. I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm Chris Mosby. And I am Caleb Gerard. And I'm Murray Fox. Yes, so Hello. we are going to back, look at yes. So this is back when Gerard. This is back when Gerard Way could actually write comic books. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, oh come on, his his Doom, his Doom Patrol is crap. I mean, it's, oh yeah, it's, it was crap. I I agree. Um, and if you don't know who uh, Gabriel Way is, is the Gerard American. Way. Singer, songwriter, musician, and comic book writer who had, was the lead vocalist and co-founder of the rock band My Chemical Romance. in September 2001 was split in 2013. Put his solo album out. And the young animal imprint uh, that he started with DC went poo Which actually the... Uh, did he write... Um, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, too. Yes. Yes. That was, yes. Uh, I liked with it. somebody, didn't he? I did. Was I it a co-writer? It. I feel like that was a co-writing thing. I could be wrong. Yeah. I liked that book. I really did. And then mm-hmm. he put another series out after that called Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. Um... That was a little weirder, but still kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. What are you eating? Um, leftover pizza, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> as long as it's cold, that's all that matters for leftover pizza. Yes, it is cold. All right, well, then you're doing it right. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I woke up late and I've uh, been scurrying along ever since. So, I wanted to... Something, uh, this is a quirky, funny book, kind of, uh, I don't know, making fun of the, I don't know if it's really making fun or it's an homage to the superhero books, uh, but it has gotten enough press over the years that it is soon to be a, I forget where it's going to be. Netflix. Netflix. Netflix, right? That's or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've already yeah. shown. Netflix. Netflix. Yes, that's right. Netflix. Uh, yes. Netflix? Yes. Are you sure it's Netflix? Yes. Now <laughs> I'm looking at it right here. Netflix on February 15th, 2019. Um, oh, really? That's soon? Yeah. Oh, oh I've already that's... seen I've already seen the uh, the first trailer, and it looks yeah. amazing. So, when did you say 2019? When 2019? February 15th, sir. February. Mm. Real quick. The trailer's really so, good. Look it up. But anyway. So as a as a quick aside, yes. I don't I, I I my daughter's huge Voltron fans. So um and they you know, they just dropped the last season of Voltron on, on Netflix. And I got to thinking that it's 
it's kind of sad that they can watch all of this all at once of the brand new shows. It, you know, growing up, we had to wait week after week after week to watch the serialized shows. And there's a part of me that kind of wishes that they would do that with this particular series. I wish they had no. done it with Jessica Jones, for instance. Uh, uh, yeah, I kind of agree. They're doing that well, with the Titans uh, on DC. Yeah, apparently, exactly. Apparently the last episode... Uh, Batman. Oh, it's been all over everywhere. We've already told everybody. Anyway. Well, now now you've told Murray, and he's going to... Sorry, gonna, Murray. He's, he's... I'll survive. Anyhow, I, I wish they would drop these in pieces rather than all at once, but... Um, it is kind of weird to think that. Especially with new stuff. Um, I just... One of the uh, ones I found by accident is uh, on Netflix called one called Travelers, where it's, uh, it's a time travel, science fiction time travel thing written by the guy that uh, did all the Stargate stuff. They just put season three out. I didn't even know they were still making it, but uh, um, there you go. Got the Boom. one of the main characters, is a guy from Will and Grace, and it's basically these people in the future. They use history to figure out when people are going to die and then when they die right at the moment they're supposed to die that's when they transfer their consciousness into these people and then they go from there on to try to change the timeline so it's quantum yeah it's a it was it's a weird concept but because like they put one of the guys in a a uh, addict you know and so forth anyway all right Sorry, I, I took us off on a tangent. No, my, my, okay. my, my, my fault. Okay. Umbrella Academy. Yes. yes. Second one came out. Uh, it's called Dallas, and it was came out in 2008. Uh, this is one of those ones where I had uh, heard a lot about it. I had run out of, I mean, I read everything that DC Wise had out at the time. But I was do a little cleansing of my palate and see what uh, was out there and I don't know where I read the first issue but I liked it so much I picked up the all the trades so it's, good, it's a good book I think it's just quirky and funny I I picked it up the Umbrella Academy because I was at a con the Phoenix con here and uh, the Bob brothers were there oh, yeah. um, and get you know he, he had uh, he had copies of this sitting Gabriel Ba the artist had copies of this sitting on the table signed and I went uh, Gerard Way, I'd never heard of it. I mean, and this yeah. was only about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I was like, ah, you know, my kid likes My Chemical Romance. I, I like a couple of their songs. Picked it up and thought it was great. I thought the trait, you know, the, this first story was awesome. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the second one was, was, I thought, was very good as well. And then, of course, we can talk about the new one, but I'd rather not yeah, spoil we were talking, my enjoyment of these new, <laughs> these old ones. We were talking about <laughs> before uh, the, we started recording that uh, we were less than enthusiastic about it's Well, I don't know, Mur- Murray. Did you read it, Murray? Uh, I read the first issue, and I found it confusing. Yeah, I'm yeah. Too. <laughs> yes, it was too. very had. It's very if you didn't if you weren't already reading the book, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. like 
yesterday. I mean, if you, the last time you read it was the last time an issue was out. Oy vey. Yeah, I've, I've had, I'm actually going to go back and read them. Yeah, it might read better after I reread the series. But, yeah, just coming in cold or sort of cold, it was like, oh, I don't not know what's going on. Yeah, and they put out a free preview before the first full issue came out. I think it was mostly just, it is actually the story, part of the story, and then they just finish it, rehash it in the first issue, and then go ahead. I'd have to look, but um, it's... It's kind of hard to follow. But yeah, all right. We ready? All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Beautiful cover. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Several Okay, so I'll go ahead and take take it up the first run here. Uh, the inside cover of this particular issue it's showing the different uh, children which we should we go through what they can do or just jump right in let's just jump right in jump right in anyway uh, oh yeah that was poor computer I turned it on working on it alright it was the same year Tussle and Tom Gurney knocked out the space squid from Rigel X-9. It happened at 9.38 p.m. It came from an, an atomic flying elbow. Okay, so it shows this big, huge wrestler. <laughs> I think uh, the Bugs Bunny episode with the wrestling in it. Uh, um, crush, uh, cre- uh, Crusher or something, I forget. Anyway, one of my favorite ca- cartoons. And there's this, he's he's flying from the top of the, the ring, and there's this great big giant squid with one big eye, and it's like looking like it's in terror, ah, and this elbow is, you know, he's going to he's gonna do a pile driver from the top, or whatever you want to call it, right on top <laughs> of him. He's big on the Anyway, and in that moment, without warning, and in an occurrence of complete coincidence, 43 extra- extraordinary children are born, mostly single women who had shown no signs of pregnancy in seemingly random locations around the world. It shows a, you know, the, the guy won the match obviously, you know, atomic elbow. And uh, that's the first thing you see. And you see this uh, newly minted baby with all the grossiness that comes with that, screaming his head off, which they tend to do. The um, grossiness? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what the afterbirth and stuff. And apparently this uh, lady um, did pop one out right in the subway because that's what they're showing. Bilkel cord is still attached. And um, people are like, whoa. And the children were either abandoned or put up for adoption. The ones who survived. Uh, Insinuating that some of them died in childbirth. Enter Sir Reginald Hargreaves, a- a.k.a. The Monocle. Not a bad name. Uh, world-renowned scientist and wealthy entrepreneur. Uh, Look at that guy. The, the guy behind him, his yeah. his, uh, his Indian sidekick. Yeah, I forget his name, and I just read that. that issue. Uh, but we'll but look at him. He kicked uh, all those people's asses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this series has a real 
distinct look yes. of the world they live in. Like it's it's definitely not our world. I mean, no, it is, no. I guess, but I it's, mean, it, it's it, well, yeah. I think it's like a reflection of. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it's supposed to be our world, but it's it's viewed through a very distinct. Well, you know, what? I don't think it is supposed to be our world. I mean, I think it is, but I think it's sort of like an alternate history sort of thing. You know, sort it, of, yeah. It's kind of like yeah. the and I don't know, real big tangent. The false, the Flash TV show, and some of those other animated shows like the Batman animated series, they'd show all of these cars that look like they were part. 1950s and then part future kind of look mm-hmm. and that's kind of what the kind of same kind of vibe where it's like this looks familiar but not quite so anyway um, yeah, it, it is like you're absolutely right it is like the batman animated series where it did uh absolutely future past who knows when it's set doesn't matter doesn't yeah. even matter where it's set i mean in a way yeah i it's, mean uh, you know it's it's, it's familiar uh, it's familiar enough yeah exactly and it continues, the inventor of the Televator, the Levitator, the Mobile Umbrella Communicator, and Clever Crisp Serial. Olympic gold medalist and recipient of the Nobel Prize for his work in the cerebral advancement of the chimpanzees, which is good. We need some smarter monkeys around. Uh, and it shows him, and he's in Egypt, look at some kind of archaeological dig. His uh, companion, Indian companion, which we'll get to his name eventually, I would assume, is background and he's fencing with some guy without a fencing helmet and then we get the and i totally forgotten this and then we get the shocker and it says and space alien and then the next picture shows him looking at the mirror you can't see his face and you see his human face has been taken off and kind of set aside like a uh foot you know like a fedora or something on the on a chair <laughs> so i had for, totally forgotten That's that he was right. a space alien so there you go uh, we continue on, and we see uh, them going into a ship. It looks like, for reasons unknown, Sir Reginald set out with his bodyguard. Ah, here, there he is, his bodyguard, Abijat. A-B-H-I-J-A-T. Yeah, a, does that sound right, Abijat? You know, I think so. I work with so many people from India, I do think I could pronounce that. Um, aboard his private vessel, the Minerva, Rumored to be powered by the remains of King Amon Karesh the Fourth. Okay, so I, yes. I, I, real quick. The, yes. So Gerard Way is totally taking advantage of the the um, the Grant Morrison point of view that it's a comic book. You can you can literally do anything Absolutely. in a comic book. There's an unlimited unlimited special effects budget. Yes. And why not have it be powered by the remains of a dead king? I mean, what the hell? Why not? Absolutely. That's one of the reasons I kind of like this. It, it's just, yeah. it's, uh, it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, he invented um, a bunch of uh, a bunch of really cool things and a and a serial. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's like there's some shows out there. Well, okay, for like the old Batman TV show, for example. I've never have been. 100% sure whether they were trying to be serious or trying to be campy on purpose. You know what I mean? And that kind of makes it cringeworthy sometimes. Um, <laughs> I think maybe, I don't know, Adam West thinks he was doing real serious Shakespearean acting, which we won't get into that. But anyway, 
Um, he, he, he uh, using methods undisclosed, he sought to track down and adopt as many of the children as he could. Uh, now we see a pictures of seven different babies, all with domino masks on, which is one of my favorite things about it. Because <laughs> in the trailer they showed they're all standing behind him, and they have the domino masks on, and it's their the eyes are white, just like you'd see in the old comic book. You know, cool. There's no there's no pupils or anything, so it's like they actually show up white. So anyway. Um, he found seven of them, so he got seven babies, and he aptly named them, uh, which we'll, if we'll get to that or not, uh, one through seven. But yeah, the little babies with a band-aid on their belly button, because, you know, the thing. And, uh, they all have domino masks on. The thing. You know, you know, the umbilical cord thing. Anyway, <laughs> I just think that, you know, when... When you read something like this, and this is kind of why I kind of liked it, is you can tell they're not trying to be serious, but being somewhat serious at the same time. And it, that's what kind of made me like, this is hilarious, but yet cool at the same time. Anyway, um, wiping their identities and concealing the children from the world, Sir Reginald held a press conference in Stockholm in which journalist Cosimo de Lostrano from Milan asked, why have you adopted these seven children? To this, Hargreaves replied, to save the world, of course. And it shows a, first shows him in his press conference. The next is the uh, old trope that they used to do in TV uh, where people are standing in front of a uh, appliance store with a bunch of TVs. Well, there's only two here. And there's all kinds of weird-looking devices in, the, in this appliance shop. And they're watching the broadcast. Some people are. Some are walking by. And uh, next thing you see is the headlines of the city paper, to which the world asks, from what? They receive no answer. I feel like I should read this in an old radio-type voice, you know? Exactly, like I'm reading, a, like we're doing a Lone Ranger serial or something. Anyway. For it was the Ladies last time, boys and girls. For, the, for it was the last time Sir Reginald and the children were seen until that day. Until so there's two, they're not really dots. There. Uh, the day the Eiffel Tower went berserk, being part one of six in the story. Apocalypse. Ten years later, six twenty-three a.m. <clears throat> So I like how it's I like how it's the time I like how it's the time of the day, but it doesn't specify the day. Yeah. It's just ten years later from some yeah, it's day. Day is shadow of the Eiffel Tower looking over the Paris there. The kids uh, getting ready. Mom's fixing. The has his name on it. For zero six. Uh, you see a nice little umbrella belt buckle, kind of like uh, Legion did their later years in the 90s, where everybody had a Legion belt buckle. And uh, you see a large uh, ape and some kind of crest. Little pictures there as they went up to it. 
And you see a vendor in front of the Eiffel Tower, and he puts his uh, umbrella up with a t uh, pop, and all of a sudden falls from down at the top and snaps, and then a person falls down on his out his uh, little sh shop thingy, and you hear crash. 7.02 a.m. And the guy's talking to the cops. Uh, just flew out of the sky. Yes. You don't, think he, you don't think he jumped? No, he was pushed. And the French guy's going, Why, that is ridiculous! <laughs> now, it's 8.15. Murray's, Murray's just sitting there going, Stop it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Murray. <laughs> That's about the only French I know. I That's okay. There's real French coming up. Don't you worry. Okay. All right. So <laughs> we'll defer to you. <laughs> All right. Eight fifteen a.m. Anybody want to take over? My mouth's Sure. So the poor little uh, French policeman. What do you suggest I do now? This is madness. Send more, and that's when we get our little cute muffins walking in. Excuse me, officer, but I believe we can be of assistance. And they're wearing their little Umbrella Academy uniforms. Their little... Not plaid. What is that? What is that? What? what? Uh, kind of cardigan or... Argyle? Argyle. 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 Black yes. and white Argyle in their little suits. They're adorable. Yes. Like, and you adorable. notice none of, them, Not... none of them are exactly the same. It's, uh, they all... Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the suits slightly are slightly individual. different. They're all black and white. Somewhere. Their hair is slightly different, which is good because otherwise they would be indistinguishable. And if you, when, you, when we looked at the uh, babies, you noticed that two of them were extremely pale, and two of the five that are here are uh, practically white skin, not uh, Caucasian. So. Yes. Don't look that way. Yeah. I do love Gabrielle Ba's art, but... Mm -hmm. If we didn't have the coloring, it would be, well, no, I guess it wouldn't be, well, no, it is. It's hard to deter, to figure out who these characters are. Mm -hmm. I, unless, like, if you're a lazy reader like me, it's hard to figure out who the characters yeah, are. They, once they, yeah, when the story progresses, they But get given older. that they're all wearing slightly different costumes or uniforms and their it's hair weird. coloring yeah. is different, I mean, One of them is you just got to put the work in. Yeah. Okay, continue. All right. All righty. So the little dude, I'm guessing it's number one. Because yeah, he doesn't so. have a name yet. Yes. Nope. Uh, he says, I believe we can be of assistance. And the gendarme says, who the hell are you? It's your Eiffel Tower. It's gone insane, and it must be stopped at all costs. <laughs> and that's mm. kind of fun. The tower's gone insane. What? It is you children who are insane. Allow me to introduce my subordinate. Number three. Citizens of Paris. I heard a rumor that the Musée d'Orsay is giving away many of its finest paintings. They're also serving crepes. Ah, run away! That, this is one of the things that I loved about this book is how each one of these characters' powers are. It's just... It's, it's, it's great. Anyway. Uh -huh. and if you are unsure about the powers, there's like a little... Bless you, sir. Um, bless you. There's like a little intro at the very beginning on the first page that that sort of tells us what their powers are. Mm -hmm. Well, sort of. Not really. Not for all of us. Yeah, one of them said... It's like One of them doesn't have any powers at all. Uh, her name is Rumor. She basically... 
um, can say things like that. Say, I heard a rumor that, and then basically, re- I think reality changes. You go back and all. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, so number three gets uh, all the the bystanders to run, run away, get out of the way. And we see that the Eiffel Tower is starting to explode at the very top. There's like a big laser beam coming down. And number one tells all the kids to spread out and attack. And this is the first time that we see that one of the little munchkins is more weird than the rest. Because he's got these <laughs> tentacles like exploding out of his, his belly as they fly around. Um, and there's only four. One, two, three. There's only five of them in attendance. Uh, yes, there are only five that ever show up. So then we zip out to a plane, and one of the other kids, number seven, Got says, it. Dad, I mean, Mr. Monocle, sir, why can't I play with the others? And she's sitting in the rocket plane, looking out the window. And he says, well, number seven, there's just nothing special about you. And she's like, so sad. Oh, he's like a monster, Mr. Monocle there. He's like definitely taking a page from Grant Morrison's chief. He is a beast. (laughs) A mean, mean man. Yeah, well, we forget he's not even really a man. Right, a mean, mean alien. Mm Mm-hmm. A mean Martian. <laughs> she says, where's number five? I don't see him down there. And he says, the future, I presume. Run away from home, no doubt. I can't be sure, nor can I be bothered. Why don't you go so and down, play your violin? So down there is one, two, three, four, and six would be... Yes. yes, one, two, three, four, six. Five has vanished, and seven is stuck in the plane, doing nothing. Being sad. Mm-hmm, being yeah, sad. Yeah, look- I look back at those uh, descriptions. They are pretty much as um, helpful as what he just said. You're not down there because you're not nothing special about you. That's kind of what it said. It's like, yeah, the descriptions at the front are written from the monocle's point of view, so they're slightly biased. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it says uh, this one ran away. You know, good thing he was worthless. You know, some stuff like that. So yeah, it was a little harsh. All right, here we are. Nine oh four. Nine oh four. Yeah. The Eiffel Tower is opening up at the top, and it's it's uh, it's got a very uh, the whole book kind of has like a sort of steampunk look to it, you know, like that's, lots of gears and dials. And that's the word I was looking for. I'm trying to think of earlier, but yeah, mm-hmm. steampunk. Alrighty. So while it's opening up, any bright ideas now, fearless leader? Um. And inside, two of the little munchkins have been kind of, like, pulled in. Number four, you're slipping. Don't let go of me. I'm trying to contact a dead engineer from the spirit world. He can tell us how to stop it. And one of the other ones says, the blonde says, save your breath. We're all going to die. And then number one just says, why don't you shut up? And he zooms over and he gives the Eiffel Tower a big punch. And he knocks Eiffel Tower over, and it comes crashing onto the ground. And number blonde, whichever number one that blonde, is. Number blonde, yes. Number, yeah, I don't know. 
just calls him a show off and then he's ignoring him. Number one is ignoring him. He's like, to the control tower. I got a hunch. And just as I suspected. So they see that the uh, Eiffel Tower is being run by <laughs> zombie robot Gustav Eiffel. <laughs> and uh, he says, Maudit enfant, which is children, something children. I don't know what Maudit is. Probably rotten children. Like terrible a, uh, children. I wouldn't like have got a, away with this plan if it wasn't for you. Exactly. exactly. Some, something like a Scooby-Doo villain would say. That's uh-huh. what I was going to say. <laughs> and one of them says, he's alive after all these years. And the blonde says, not for long. Blonde is number two because number one just says, number two, no. And the knife goes flying out of number two's hand into the skull of Rombi robot zombie Eiffel Tower guy and he says je suis fait pour which is I'm done for <laughs> like quite literally I am done for je suis fait pour and he goes crashing into the launch pad which initiates the launch sequence commencez à lancer la sequence see Caleb I told you having a Canadian on the podcast would come in handy mm-hmm. every I, once I, in a while I've only doubted it maybe half a dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, not one of those times, though. Right. <laughs> Alrighty, so the Eiffel Tower starts to take off, and number one tells everyone to get out now. And they're curious why the Eiffel Tower is taking off. And their monocle dad says, because it's not a monument, children, it's a spaceship. Dad, they all say, and he says, don't call me dad. And while you lost the Eiffel Tower, you saved Paris. And you know what that means? And it means they get the key to the city, and they get ice cream for everyone. Only one scoop each. And the kids are thrilled. Except for number one. And he is looking pensive. And the monocle says, what's wrong, number one? Mr. Monocle, sir, when I grow up, I want to go into space. And he says, and so you shall, number one. So you shall. And we close that page with number one looking up into space. And then, Caleb, take it away, because it's 20 years later. Because it's 20 years later, and old man Caleb talking here. Okay, we are on (laughs) the moon. And there is a, there's some type of astronaut-looking guy standing on the surface of the moon. And over at Intercom, it's number one. Come in, number one. We get it closer in on the figure, and he's got big, hairy, hairy hands. Chimpanzee arms. Yeah, yes. not, not, and they're not, his hands are, at least his fingers are not gloved. They appear to be Oh, oh that's true. Like space chimpanzee. Yeah, they so explain that later. Oh, good. Number one, this annihilation control. You have a call. This is annihilation control. You have a call. Tell them I'm busy. It's Dr. Pogo on the phone. Keep him on the line. And he jumps up, and he's got a little rocket pack on the back of his, uh, his space suit. And, well, uh, okay. He's, he's, look, he's looking a little different than he did when yes. he was, number one, the little kid down on the planet. He's a little I bigger. Just, little... Did I just tell it, or do you, you want to wait? We're almost there. We're almost there. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So it's... Uh, uh, and we uh, we now see a little poster. It says, Space Boy, first boy in space, here to save the Earth. And it's uh, uh, it's number one with a 
space uh, outfit on, holding a helmet under his arm, and sitting next to him is a chimpanzee, also with a helmet under its arm. And it also has a domino mask on, by the by. Yeah. And uh, your uh, pogo. Yes, hmm? the uh, ch- uh, chimpanzee's uh, privacy must be protected at all times. Okay. Right. You've got to protect his family. If his identity became exposed, they could go after the rest of the chimpanzee family. Yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, Jane Goodall would have nothing to do with that. No. Um, and <laughs> there's another newspaper in a frame. It says Mars mission failure. Space boy critically injured. Hargreaves performs experimental surgery to save his life. And uh, we're getting uh, number one is talking. Somebody negative Pogo, you know I can't leave my post. A threat may finally what? Oh, I see. And we see a bunch. We're kind of in a uh, we're in an office with a bunch of framed newspapers up on the wall, kind of like in uh, The Incredibles, the first one where he's Bob was in his office and he had all the the headline papers up about himself and the rest of the incredible family, incredible heroes. Yeah, and the Umbrella and Academy also, disband. Yeah, and there's also a framed photo of himself and uh, the monocle and four of his siblings along with him that we do not see. Probably number five and number seven are the ones who are missing from that photo. It would be my guess. Anyhow, um, and he's talking to someone on the phone. And he's like, oh, I see. I'm on my way. And it's literally a phone with a cord and everything. It's, it's an old-timey phone. In fact, when we the next panel on the bottom... We see the phone is like the bat phone. It's got an umbrella <laughs> instead of a dial. Yes. It's just it's the umbrella phone. Chum. And we pull back and we see that there's an old man's head, probably, and it's number one, aged twenty years later, and so he's about thirty at this point. Look a little and old. He's, he's attached to the body, isn't he? Yep. Yes. Of a chimp of a oversized chimpanzee. More than likely mm-hmm. the same chimp that was in that first picture. Yes. Mm, and I'm not we have sure a robot. That. Well, I'm not either, but because yeah. I think we get a last page reveal. Anyway, we'll get there. And uh, there's a robot talking to him. Says, uh, "I've readied your ship, number one. Will you be requiring your laser?" Oh, from the picture. Never mind. Yeah, you're right. It could be. It could be. Never mind. From the Go space ahead. from the space boy picture at the top left. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's all, yes, and Ben, remind me to reprogram you when I get back. Only my father calls me number one. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's going to get his space helmet, and he's going to get a gun from his robot buddy. And he climbs into his uh, spaceship, and he's flipping the switches and hitting the doodads and pushing buttons and and checking dials and pushing levers and pedals and his hull integrity at 100%, weapon systems online, thrusters ready, and he engage, and he blasts off. And the the robot says, Godspeed, space boy, sir. It's it's clearly number one is growed up, and he became space boy. Even though he's at least 30 years old, they still call him space boy. And he's blasting off torch Earth from moon from the moon, and as you can see on the ground there is the Eiffel Tower on the surface of the moon. Oh, I down missed, there, I missed that, but you're right, there it is. Yep. 
So they did defeat the Eiffel Tower at some point. Uh, I mean, they'd already just, they'd already defeated uh, Gustav Eiffel, but they needed to get his tower. Yep. We, we are now in the city, and I keep expecting uh, the tick to come bounding past, but. <laughs> And it looks like old-timey New York, circa 1930s, with with clothes hanging from between buildings, and uh, you hear a phone ringing, and it is clearly a dial. It's a dial phone. I miss dial phones. Not really, actually. No. I was I was always the guy who would get to the sixth number out of seven and screw up. <laughs> All over. I do that. Sometimes I have to use my phone for conference calls. I always do that. I put that pin code in for the conference yeah. bridge. It's like, nip, nip, nip. oh damn! I just go in anonymous. I just go in anonymous. Yeah. And anyhow, so okay. some, there's a phone ringing. Someone picks it up. It's all, hello, and there's a book that says "Extraordinary: My Life as Number Seven by Vanya uh, Hargreaves. So they all took. They, she took all of them. Took the last name of the monocle. And this is number seven, the unpowered one, though she has got some tight glutes. Um, and there's a person on the other end of the phone that says, you know your father is dead, right? And she's sitting up. Who is this? The other person says, I suppose I didn't expect you to be broken up. You wrote a lot of nasty things about your family in that book of yours. She says, what do you want? He says, I'm conducting a, a suite, the first of its kind. It appears my chair for first violin has been rendered vacant. I'd like you to audition. And she's looking out the blinds of her apartment. She says, uh, why would I do that? Revenge. Be at the Icarus Theater at noon tomorrow. Click. Which you can't do nowadays. You can't click the phone. It's just... Yeah, that's, that's satisfying. And uh, this is one of those rare instances in the book where Gabriel Ba actually draws somebody who looks somewhat normal uh in physique um, yeah, she does number seven looks like a normal built woman who does a lot of sit-ups and we now are back at the umbrella academy it's the outdoor of the umbrella academy and the grounds and you can see that there's some graves there and some trees and a big mansion in the background and a looks like a little river or stream or something like that and something's Coming down from the sky, I'm going to assume it's Space Boy. Uh, it is. Now, and he lands. And it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but does that look like uh, mm-hmm. Interlac written on his ship there? I thought it looked uh, like Russian. Yeah, I was going to say Russian. Okay. Makes sense. And there's a statue of the one, uh, I don't know what number he was, the one whose uh, yeah. innards could become tentacles. But uh, so I'm going to guess that that character is Deed based on his teats up at this point. I think they called him the Kraken, but that might be the other guy from the other ones. Uh, it makes sense to be the Kraken. And we get a close up on his face and Space Boy is walking through the door. And uh, I don't remember his name already. The Indian guy. The, yeah, uh, I don't either. I'll just call um, him Deed for now. Abijit. Abijot. Yes, that sounds good. Good job, Murray. And we get a view through the front door of the Umbrella Academies, and it looks a little disheveled uh, at first glance. 
And it looks like Abijat is wearing slippers, which I guess he would. I yeah, don't know. And he's got his head uh, bowed like in either reverence or sadness, too. Oh, he's just asleep. And we're inside. We're getting a little, a slight little tour of the place. And uh, oh, those are umbrellas all over the ground. Duh. Okay, that makes sense. What? What? I guess it does in a way. And he, uh, Space Boy's walking in, and there's a, there's a uh, big painting of, uh, of the monocle, Doctor Hargreaves, and some woman who we have not yet been introduced to is in the, is in the portrait with him. And the place is lit with candles. It's like, like in uh, Castle Frankenstein. There you go. <laughs> and he walks into a long. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> walks. In, yes, he was my boyfriend. Um, he's walking down a long hall that's got checkered floor, and there's an open door at the end. This is this is like straight out of any murder mystery. Please come in. And there's that same picture that he had. In his uh, his space station up on the moon of the of the family on the lawn of the Umbrella Academy is hanging on the wall, and someone off uh, off panel says "Space Boy," and he says as he's standing there in his gorilla body with his human head, Doctor Pogo, is it true? And oh no, that's his that's, that's his right. Uh, so it's a different chimpanzee, yep. different gorilla. There was his sidekick when he was Space Boy. He says, yes, Sir Reginald Hargreaves is dead. And there's a young boy standing next to him. And says, and something worse is coming. Dr. Pogo, the chimpanzee, is sitting behind a desk with a light on and a telephone. And it's number five. Number five, where have you been for the last 20 years? What's happening? Now, now, Space Boy, says Dr. Pogo. It can wait. You're home now. And the others will be here tomorrow. And then the text says, this is the end of the first part of the Umbrella Academy adventure, Apocalypse Suite. There are five more issues in the series, and blah, 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 blah. And it says, there are seven members of the Umbrella Academy and 72 names on the Eiffel Tower. There is no connection between these numbers. <laughs> is there? Oh, so let me, you know, actually, let me read that. It says, okay, there are five more issues of this series with 22 pages per issue, totaling... 132 pages. There are seven members of the Umbrella Academy and 72 names on the Eiffel Tower. There is no connection between these numbers. And after, if you... Just in uh, case you thought there were. Yes. Uh, both of these, uh, Apocalypse Suite and Dallas is on Comixology for 10, 19, I think. And I believe the grade for this is also... One of the Comixology Unlimited for this month, uh, this month. So you can, if you have Comixology Unlimited, you can borrow it and read it for quote unquote free. Um, I don't. I'm not being paid by Comixology to say that. Just you know, throwing that out there. And 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 real quick, at the end of this, there's one of the he, again taking a page from uh, from Alan Moore. Mm -hmm. uh, Gerard Way wrote a text page about. Sort of a, a who's who page about Gustav Eiffel and the Eiffel Tower, yeah. and it's 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 like it's a it's historical fiction. So it does talk about how Eiffel built the original the Eiffel Tower as simply a a, uh, a structure for the exhibition in uh, 1889, um, the Universal Exhibition Exposition. Excuse me. Actually, I thought it was a World's Fair, but 
Okay, so again, he's playing loose with history here. Um, And but then he talks about how there were additional Eiffel Towers that were built. Uh, Their purpose was to relocate the entire population of Paris to an undetermined planet located in the Wolf Lund Mark Melot Galaxy. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Um, Basically, talking about he was a kook. Yeah, he. uh, Um, But then he died before the completion. Yeah, he surgically removed his own head and put it on a uh, android body. Which I wonder where, if that's where Har or Monocle got the idea to put the boy's uh, head on the monkey body. I think about it. Yeah, yeah, and then he uh, goes on to uh, he does a little quick recap of this fight that they just did in, in Paris with the Eiffel Tower, and the Eiffel Tower is presently located on Earth's moon, which we saw there in that one panel where it eventually crashed. Agent 00.01, a.k.a. Space Boy, has remained custodian over the estranged monument from his post at Annihilation Control. And, yeah. So, uh, again, uh, clever. Very clever. So, and I I wish, it's so disappointing when, when they revisit stuff and they can't quite get the the vibe that they did from the original Yo, uh, it's again been quite a while when was that last the dallas one came out you, uh, you said oh seven or something yeah so it's been a while it's been 11 years yeah. uh, but it's like it's like that new murphy brown show not good uh, <laughs> I, I, I haven't watched it but i've heard, I've heard it wasn't it's it sucks eggs uh wasn't so, up to the snuff uh, of the original not even close. And that's, that's kind of how I felt about that first issue of the new Umbrella Academy. And it might be one of those ones, when it's all done, you read it all as a collection, and maybe it reads much better as a collected rather than yeah, individual chapters. This series jumps around a lot, and I think I liked it better. I, I, you know, some of it was like, whoa, what's going on here? And I, he uses that a lot, just giving you just enough to keep you going but not telling you the whole story. And then you read the entire thing, and it makes a lot more sense. Especially the stuff about number five in the second, so in Dallas. So. so, what you're suggesting is go get it on Comicsology. Yeah. Uh, use the use the link on our page. Um, no, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll 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 try that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, take the time, read it. It's a good issue. If you're listening to this and you have never read Umbrella Academy, don't. Don't read it along with us. Read it on your own. Yes, yes, please. Because we sometimes we're hacked, but yeah, we try. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Anybody got anything else? Uh, be sure to tell your friends about the podcast. Yes, Post tell reviews. Tell, tell Go to iTunes. Download it. Yes, I, need I don't know. Whatever. What? You can you can put podcasts on Spotify now. I need to figure out how to do that and get us on there. Okay. Uh, Download us from whatever your podcast. App of of uh, choice is. Yeah, oh, your friends, rate it. Plex, uh, which I use to watch television off and on, uh, has got a podcast section now, so you can add us on there. There's an RSS feed on the right hand side of the uh, page that you can either just add any RSS, the regular RSS feed from. Which for those tech non technical people that's a really simple syndication. And then the other one is for iTunes. 
So you should be able to add this to anything uh, that collects RSS feeds and get the episodes. And uh, that's, I've had that set up for quite a while, so you should be able to add yeah. this to any podcast reader that you so desire, sir. Or ladies. Sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's enough yeah. of my rambling now. Uh, as always, you can send us an email at podcast at tellsomealongbox.com and let us know what you think there. And there's a Facebook thingy, but, you know, we, some of us don't like Facebook. But anyway, um, or you can okay. <laughs> comment on the actual episodes and let us know what you think there. And that is it for this week. <laughs>